0: Welcome to Biblio Observatory, a series of South Carolina State Library's podcast. Library Voices. SC. I am Yvette Villarreal, Biblio Observatory hostess.
1: And I am Caroline Smith, the Inclusive Services Consultant at the South Carolina State Library. This is a special transmission from Columbia, South Carolina to explore the universe of books and stories that people treasure from their childhood and how those stories define the lives of people touched by them. And today we would like to welcome a special guest, Gigi Towers, welcome Gigi.
2: Thank you so much for having me. My name might be deceiving, even though it says Gigi Towers, my real name is Guillermina Esperanza.
0: Thank you, Gigi, for being here with us. We are so happy and delighted to have you. And we also want to thank the people who nominated you to be in this program today, in this podcast today. Thank you to the Parenting Center in Lexington, One, South Carolina.
2: Once again, thank you for having me.
0: Gigi, what would you like people to know about you?
2: I would like them to know that I, have, I come from two special cultures. One on my father's side, Puerto Rican. My daddy was born in Puerto Rico. And the other of course is my mother who was born in Panama. This is my grandfather who is the father of my daddy and I wanted to bring him up so people could see how
1: they dress at that time. And Gigi, could you describe a little bit about what is in that photo for our listeners? That is an official,
2: what they used to have, an official stand-up picture. They used to go either to a photographer, and they would set up, and they, were, they would dress their best way. This, I would consider this my grandfather's Sunday suit, and I love his top hat. I, I just love this picture of my grandfather. And this is my daddy's father. And then this is my mother. And of course I said she was from Panama and this is some of the, the dresses or how they would dress in Panama. And this is my mommy again on a Sunday ride. And as you can see, the cars are way different from the cars that we have today. And the, mo- and the thing that I want the children to take out of this, black and white, no color. This is me on my Sunday's best. And this is my sisters. And we're dressed up for the day of the carnival in Panama. And this is what you would wear for national dress day. And this is my famous car. As you can see, it's metal. And we had to be pushed to have the car run. And how old were you in that picture? Going on three. And these are the things that we used to do way back then. And this is my swimming pool in a tub. Uh huh. And my sister's playing with me. And this is of course familia my family my mom my dad and us three so in our culture as you can see a lot of it has to be with family and that's how we grew up and the storytelling and how i remember it was if there was a lesson to be told if we had done something they would always say come sit with us, we want to tell you a story. And then they would commence with the story. And one of the stories that I always remember was when we were bad and they wanted to get a point across, they would tell us, uh-oh, oh, and you guys know him by the boogeyman, but we know him in Spanish as el cuckoo. So they would always say, el cucu viene, the cuckoo's coming. And we would sit, and they would tell us the story of the cuckoo, and what we were doing wrong. So I, re- and then of course they would go back in time and say, "I remember when I was little, and I did exactly what you did." Your grandmother would tell me, "El cuckoo viene," the cuckoo is coming. So it's like the boogeyman. And what we did learn was there were stories, beautiful stories told to us with the lesson always there. And one of the things, I brought two books, Cuentos para Sonar, Stories to Dream of. And one of them in here, when I bought this book, because I buy books every time I go home, was Los Tres Deseos, The Three Wishes. This story has been around for the longest time. And it's included in the storybook. So whenever I go, like I said, when I go home, I buy books. And, and that,
1: that book is Cuentos para Soñar? Cuentos para Soñar. And for our listeners that don't know Spanish, how would you translate that? I would,
2: stories to dream of
1: and they have all stories
2: we have. And that's what I like about this book. Our stories don't change, just like the stories that we hear today. Uh, we heard about the Little Red Riding Hood, but we don't say that anymore. But it is stories that in our culture continue and they don't change through the years.
0: Gigi? Yes, dear. Do you remember how were you when you heard your first story?
2: I want to say, I think of memory itself as a child. I can go back to when I was two, three years old.
0: Do you remember what a story was? <laughs> what the story was about? Yes. Do you remember Pepito? No.
2: Okay, there was a character in Panama that it was a child named Pepito. And they would put as an example, Pepito did this and they would put a a story with it. But a lot of our stories that I remember had to do with our traditions and our values. So I would honestly say that um, I have to remember when my mother told me the story of her great-great-grandmother who owned a bakery and she told us the story of our great, great grandmother, that she was the owner of the bakery and that she would sit outside in a rocking chair and underneath the rocking chair was a hidden hole. So when they needed to bring money to her and the people would buy the breads and the pastries, they would come to my great-great-grandmother, her name was Lucinda, and they would come and give her the money. She would go to her pot and give the change. I thought that was so interesting to find out in my family that that's how they did business way back then. So I I was very thrilled to, to know that It's true, they had things in pots. And just thinking about that makes me so proud to hear that my grandmother Lucinda had that. And that's one of the things that I was able, how I was able to learn about my family was through storytelling.
0: That was in Puerto Rico, right? No, that was in
2: Panama and in Puerto Rico, the stories that I was told about was my grandfather when he worked at the railroad station. My father told us about how he would walk from home to take my grandfather his lunch. And we don't have, they, at that time, they would put the lunches in certain containers. And the children would walk and my dad would have lunch or dinner with his father at the railroad station. And that's another thing that I was able to learn of the history of my grandfather and how my daddy grew up. And my daddy would tell us how he would take the train with my grandfather. And to him, that was the biggest thing to do.
0: Do you remember how did you feel when you were listening at those stories? I was imagining- What was going in your mind? I was trying to
2: imagine and picture everything. I was trying to picture my great grandmother outside on the porch in front of her bakery, sitting there, um, just rocking and and doing her business throughout the afternoon or the morning and people coming to say hello. And you know that in our, one of the places where everybody knows everything is you you go to the pharmacy or you go to the bakery. And everybody tells you everything that's going around town. So I was trying to imagine my grandmother sitting there. And then the with my father, I always try to imagine him walking to the railroad station looking for his father and, and having that one-on-one time with his daddy. So I went, when I hear those stories, I go back in time and I said, whoa, I wish I would have done that.
0: It is amazing what stories can do in our heart in our minds yes and i wonder you were lucky to grow up with uh, so many stories which one can you tell if you have one favorite one that is stuck with you forever one that you re- the one that you remember the most
2: the one i remember the most was the story of the little girl who had nothing to eat And it's similar to the story of the. I'm going to paraphrase the title because I don't have it right now. But remember when they, the story of the soup of rock, that they make the soup out of rock? Stolen soup, I think. Yes. Well, that one was they would, when your mother was trying to cook and you were behind her trying to say, I'm hungry. What are we eating? My mother would always go back to that story of the little girl who was hungry and didn't have nothing to eat. And she would always say, let's see what we can find here in the kitchen to see what we're going to eat. And I always remember my mommy giving a recipe of what she was making. Oh, I found sugar. Oh, I found milk. What can I do? What can I do to feed all of you? So that's the way I do remember that so clearly. I can hear her in my voice, in my head, when she would tell that and we would all calm down and listen to her trying to make up the story and what she was gonna cook for us. And believe it or not, we would stop bothering her and we wanted, and what else? What else are you gonna get? Let's see, let's see. And she would go into the cupboard or into the refrigerator and come out with something. So she made preparing dinner a story time. And I, I really appreciate that. And I remember those moments with my mom that she would just bring up that story of, do you remember the little girl who had nothing to eat? She would always tell us that. And it was the same little girl and it was something she was gonna eat different each day
1: How old were you when you remember your mom telling you that story? I
2: really have to think I was about seven years old. We would just stare at mom and just wait for the magic to happen. Because that's what you have to call it. It was magic. And then there it was. Dinner was made.
0: (laughs) Gigi, did you hear those stories in Spanish or English or both?
2: With my mommy? Spanish.
0: When you were little, okay.
2: When I was little, yes. Uh, one of the things uh, that we have to remember, our parents, they stressed us to keep our culture and keep this living our stories through time. And it had to be in Spanish because those were the stories that mommy learned those were the stories that daddy learned. So I learned. I have a little bit of everything that I have. What we would do in Puerto Rico. And the stories my mom would tell me about Panama. So it was in Spanish. In my home, Spanish. At school, English. Because I was, I, my parent, like I said, my dad was Puerto Rican. But he was in the army. So we traveled a lot. And one of the things that was, I don't wanna call it sacred, but what was happening in our home was our culture, our language, Spanish. Um, That was very important for us. And then when I was in school, I would learn about the other things that were going to make me up, who I am today. And that's why I said, if if I'm with my Puerto Rican friends, I'm totally Puerto Rican. When I'm with my Panamanian friends, I'm totally Panamanian. And today, as you can see, I'm totally American. And that's that's the benefit of having such a rich culture.
1: I was wondering how did this wonderful foundation of stories from your family and your culture, how did they affect you later on in your life and stick with you um, in school and then even later than that? In
2: school, I would always try to use the example of the stories that they, my parents taught me. Um, I would try to bring my culture with me. I would never leave it, uh, I was not ashamed. That was one of the things that I learned early on that um, it was okay to have a hard name to pronounce because my name is Guillermina. And every time the first day of school, the teachers would try to say my name. And I knew it was me, but I had to let the teachers try to say my name. And when they said, okay, um, we, is anybody with the last name Amberts, And I would raise my hand and I would say it's me and my name is Guillermina, but you could call me Gigi. So I wanted them to know that is my name, Guillermina. And you could call me Gigi. And it made it easier for the other children to get along with me. That I, get, I was able to give them that option. I have a name you can pronounce. I have a name that you can know me through. So um, I have to say that was one of the things that, and in the future, my stories and my culture brought me up. Uh, helping me educate my children, letting them know in this house, we're going to grow up that you're going to write a letter to baby Jesus. Then you're going to, the next day, you're going to write a letter to Santa. And then for, then you're going to write a letter to three Kings. So I would bring that even in my children's life, everything I grew up with and being proud of having all these things in my life. Growing up, I really feel blessed that I was um, able to have all these different cultures and to pick a little bit of this and a little bit of that, put it together, and you have Gigi.
0: Did you ever experience difficulties connecting all your experiences overseas with um, being a part of- from your family, in uh, f- from your mother's side and your father's side?
2: Yes, that was something very hard. Um, growing up and being with my family was awesome. And then growing up and going to college, uh, seeing different people, understanding the different cultures that I was being involved with, I would try to bring the best that I had learned growing up. And one of the things I have to say that um, when I got married and I married, my husband is from Washington state, there was different things going on. He knew parenting one way, I knew parenting another way. So we put them together, we mesh our two cultures together and we included everything so our children would not have trouble growing up and understanding, oh, mom's from here, I have, and dad's from here, but it's okay to be proud of having Spanish blood in us, Latino, and having the side of my dad being American. So I try, we try to integrate everything in our home with our sons in our different cultures. And it is made out of molas from Panama. And you do not know what an icebreaker this mask has been. I walk around with my mask on and I get people from Panama stopping me and say, are you from Panama? Then I get people from here, from South Carolina, say, where did you get your beautiful mask? And then that's an opportunity to meet a Tell them about where I came from. I am so proud of this mask. It opens beautiful conversations and it brings beautiful memories to everybody who has a connection with it.
1: So even a mask can be a way of sharing your story with others. Yes.
2: If you have something to show where you're from, wear it, It'll, it'd be surprising what it can accomplish.
0: Gigi, do you think that those stories, especially those favorite ones that you heard when you were a child, they inspired you through life? Did they support you through tough times? Do you think those stories that stuck with you made you the person you are now?
2: I have to say yes, because I will, Yes, because I go back and I say, what would mommy do? What would daddy do? What, what story would mommy come up with at this moment in this situation in my life? Then I go back in memory and say, oh, I remember when my mommy told me this story that I'm living now and I can go like, so I would make it a library of the mind I have so many memories and so many stories that you can fall back in the situation you're in and remember them and guide you through the situation. So I would say, yes, the stories that I was told and the examples, I try to lead by them. It's like a videotape. I don't know if children are going to understand that, but it's like a videotape. That you, you turn on the video or the recording, and you hear clearly the person, your parent, your mother or father, or your sisters even, uh, telling you something and and telling you to remember. But that little introduction always say, I always say that. Oof! What would mommy do? Oof, what would my daddy would say? So, that's. To me, that's my recording that I keep in my mind and in my
0: heart. Would you like to close the conversation today with one of your favorite stories? Especially thinking that we are going through um, difficult times right now with the pandemic. Maybe something that has inspired you, that cheers you up.
2: Yes, I, I think the story I would say to the children today is the one that my mommy would tell me about, don't worry. And she would always tell me, she would call me Mija or my, or me, I'll take my nickname so everybody knows my nickname. She would say Pompillo. That's my nickname in Spanish, Okay. Pompillo, why are you so worried today? There's nothing to worry about. Tomorrow's another day and you'll be be able to go out there and play. Stay here with me. I will give you a hug and I will give you a kiss. You don't have to worry anymore. You can do your homework right. Mommy will help you get through it. So stay in today, let your worries outside and come and stay with me. So your stresses will go away.
0: And she would give me a kiss. Gigi, thank you so much for being with us today, for sharing all these beautiful stories, these loving words that we treasure even more in our current times. We really appreciate having you today. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Yes, Thank you for sharing your stories and a little bit of yourself with us and with our listeners. Um, I would also like to thank our listeners for joining us today. And if you would like to hear more of our podcast, you can find Bible Observatory on PodBeam, Stitcher and TuneIn Radio or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so send us your comments or suggestions or nominate a future guest to participate.
0: Observatory is a collaborative literacy initiative to connect our communities and children with the joy of listening, reading, and writing those memories from childhood that changed our lives. Thank you for listening.